So how do you feel our first episode went, Jamie? It's better than I thought it was when we first recorded it. That's for sure. Um, felt so many feelings after we recorded it the first time. Good feelings, I hope. Just overwhelmed, you know. I was just like, I'm, am I ready to deal with being a YouTube sensation? I don't know. I mean, if fate only will tell. Watch out, world, for JB Bourne. <laughs> well, I feel Best really... <laughs> I'm really excited about this first episode. We covered a lot of topics uh, about our friendship, the thing that got us here, which is awesome to talk about, the importance of having a design community, and the big old question of whether or not to work in print or digital. For sure. For sure. Well, should we get into it? I think we should get into it. Let's do it. Welcome to 5 to 9 Design, where we talk about all things design outside of our 9 to 5s. This is Cecily Musney. And this is Jamie Bourne. I guess the topic of the first um, podcast is the value of design friendships. And you and I both met when we went to VCU together. We went through the graphic design program, got the school spirit episode, um, and we went through uh, Art Foundation. And more or less on this first episode, just talking about the value of that friendship of being like in the same place in your career as another designer. Like design means so many different things to different people. Like I remember... um, when I first started my like first job, I was showing like some eye candy, like the more senior designer. And I was like, oh, he's a designer. We're going to be like best friends. And he wasn't into that eye candy at all. And I was like, huh, not, it doesn't like, you know, not as excited. Whereas somebody like these. What was this eye candy you showed this person? <laughs> I, I forgot. You know, it's just like, there's so many sites online that like, oh, cool stuff. And it's like something, it's like, I forgot about it now, but I just remember his reaction. Was like <laughs> maybe the first moment I was like, huh. Well, hey, when did we first actually, like, I mean, besides the fact that we had, like, classes together out of default because we were in the same department, but do you actually remember the first time we, like, had an interaction together that was substantial? I was thinking about this, like, before filming this, and um, I'm pretty, like, I think it might have been, like, one of the photography classes. I'm pretty sure I had some photos of you by, like, a window, like, window lighting. Like, it, it was more and more. It was, like, in the class, but it was, like, very awkward, like practicing photography with the like actual camera because like I, like iPhones weren't as much of a thing like cameras were still cameras you know because my my first memory of like actually talking to you like outside of schoolwork was actually going to lunch with you with Sarah LaPaolo and Angela Melito and we got lunch together and that was that was the first time I actually like talk to you outside of class and like getting to know you as a person. <laughs> All right. Interesting. Yeah. I kind of remember that now that you bring it back up. Did we get, we went to Schaefer, like the local cafeteria. Yeah. We went to Schaefer and I remember you had just started dating your then girlfriend. Interesting. All right. And you were talking about it. Yeah. That's <laughs> that was the start of it. Getting gossip here. Getting no, I guess, extremely outdated gossip, but <laughs> nonetheless. I mentioned that to give you some sort of time reference if it helps you remember that moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's about 2010. So yeah, it's been a long time now. 11 years in the... 
any any first impressions <laughs> either of my work or me as a person in your class? <laughs> first impressions. Um, no, I don't remember. I, I don't know. Like good at typography? Like, does that count? <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> I didn't think I was good at typography then. Oh, I think you're probably better than me. Like I was coming from like no background whatsoever. Like I was apply like art school is the first time I found out about art high schools, like people that have been like, right. Right. Like knew they were going to be a designer from like the get go and just were already into all the things that were cool. And we're kind of over at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely, I think that wasn't me. <laughs> I remember there were uh, kids that flaunted that, that fact in school which was very strange, but also did not work in their favor because they kind of put a target on their back during critiques, huh. you know? Yeah, it was weirdly competitive, which I mean, I still kind of missed that, like that competitive nature of it. That was kind of nice. I think what I miss most about design school is um, having like 40 people all trying excited about design and like the community and just all kind of growing at the same time and like mm-hmm. pushing each other. That was really good. Yeah, I think that's the one thing I really miss about having um, like a uh, a go to design community, which is what school art school gave you out of the gate without having to try, right? Yeah, and think, which yeah. which is why I think I I value our friendship so much is because it's a remnant of that time. Yes, but uh, we've still maintained that support over the past years. Mm-hmm. Um, surprisingly, not surprisingly, just, I mean, it's a little surprising. Like I don't really talk to anybody else in the program. <laughs> no offense to them. They're all great. It's just like, you know, location and like, I don't know. I feel like our, like we really stayed in touch because of Google chat. Like if it wasn't for G chat, like, I don't know. Thanks Google. <laughs> know, yeah. Sponsor us. <laughs> I was thinking about that. I was like, shout out, uh, Squarespace and, uh, Casper beds. You guys should, anyway. <laughs> down the road <laughs> yeah, see. eventually like episode two or something do you think our like uh in terms of how we support each other through design has it changed at all like from when we were classmates to like actually being professionals in the industry i feel like we're maybe this is too far but i feel like we're more supportive now than we were then i feel like in school we were still getting to know each other like we, i feel like we didn't get like tight until senior year Mm-hmm. But like through our career, it's been really good because we talked like we talk about problems at work, whether it's um, processes that we like disagreed with, and then like clients, like all that like difficulty, and then also like when the place that you're working at just isn't a good fit, and like trying to identify that because you don't realize it in the moment. You're just like, why do I hate everything right now? Or not that extreme, but you know. <laughs> Oh, the truth comes out. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Because yeah, I think I first read it in um, How to Be a Graphic Designer Without Be- Losing Your Soul by Adrian Shaughnessy, I believe. Is that the book you you um, you had a visceral reaction to when you visited my house <laughs> the other weekend? No, that was... <laughs> that was... Uh, I used to be a design student. That was... Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. But no, the other one I actually think is good. Uh, no offense to that book. <laughs> Like in that book, uh, Adrian Shaughnessy was like, don't be surprised if you have to work at a couple of agencies before you find like the right fit. And mm-hmm. that became more true through my career. Cause I feel like I've had, like I'm thankful for every opportunity that I've had and they definitely shaped who I am now as a designer. Yeah. But 
it totally made sense. I'm like, it's more and more true. Now I'm at a place I feel pretty comfortable like in, in terms of work-life balance. The other, like there's a design team that's like supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it pays decently well, all the stuff. And it took like a couple of places because they don't put that in the like job description. I mean, you can kind of see on a glass door what companies are like to work at. And those are mostly true. But, you know, I think that's one thing they don't tell you in school is like, you should probably hold on to your relationships in school. I mean, besides the fact that, you know, like networking is important, but like, like, wow, to, (laughs) to like have people that witness your, your evolution over time as a creative, I feel like because of that, we're able to give each other like better feedback, whether or not we're, we're cognizant of it in the moment. Right. Uh, I think we kind of are. It's just nice to have like the same like background and foundation. So like we both like came out of the same program, obviously. Sure. And I just think that like bridges a gap. So I think like you mentioned that like you shared a logo with me like last year. Yeah. And you're like, what are you thinking? And I, I pointed out a couple of things. And you're like, oh my gosh, it's so good. Like my like I shared it with my design team, but they didn't quite say whatever it was and you pointed to the program sorry i don't have more details <laughs> <laughs> no uh that is very true like sharing the same like training because you know honestly um sometimes at work like my design team came from a advertising background uh so not a traditional graphic design background and sometimes i actually go to i go to john for feedback <laughs> who is now a developer and John background is somebody that we graduated with mm-hmm. who I happen to work with right now, but he is not a creative anymore. He just does full-time web development. But the interesting thing is like, he still like retains a lot of the stuff that we learned in school. And so sometimes I need that like feedback that I'm used to getting from like the type of training that we got. He gives me that, that feedback which is great. Now I'm happy that we're, we're still friends, like even outside of school too. So that's like a, that's a weird like instance of being still friends with somebody from art school, but they just happen to be doing something else. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Like I, I feel like you could still tell like what good and bad design looks like and like be able to give critique. It's just like actually doing it. I think is the part that gets rusty. Like I think if you take a break, it'll probably be harder to get back to like where you were. And then I think it's also tough because like if you move to a new city and go to some random AIGA event, unless you're just like a social butterfly, it's going to be really tough to like make meaningful small talk with people. And then the chances of seeing them again to actually become friends, like it's kind of tough. Like you have to join like some sort of long-term program or do like a -a creative-thon where like you're like really with people for a set period of time to make more design friendships sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, this could easily be just a... (laughs) a conversation about how to make friends outside of school because <laughs> at that point it's like yeah that's true <laughs> sorry but yeah in this case uh design for sure and then um i think it's been valuable talking about salary as we've been moving through our career as well and like encourage each other to like ask for more or, like get whatever raise I remember last year you had mentioned your company had like approached you with a senior position and you were like should I go for this? And I was like, absolutely. Like, what are you, are you kidding me? Like you absolutely have been doing work, like go for it. And I think that's like really valuable. Yeah, no, that's helpful to get. Cause sometimes, you know, we're, we're our hardest critic. So having somebody to actually like the, the good thing about our friendship is that 
the harshest critic, which is ourselves, we actually like verbalize it to somebody. <laughs> so oh, yeah, yeah. like when you look at our, our like chat flow, sometimes it's just you talking to yourself or like me thinking out loud that <laughs> when you come back to each other to ask those types of questions, it's like, it's funny to be like, yeah, what are you talking about? Like, of course you're, you're qualified for this because like you talk about this all the time. That's like something you definitely can't get with people at work, I feel like. But man, yeah, salary, that's a big topic. <laughs> Every person I've talked to has always been like, there has at least been one conversation with every person I'm still in contact with from art school about salary. It's a big oh. topic. Yeah, good. Uh, yeah, everyone should be more transparent with their salaries, like with your coworkers, with each other, because the only person that helps is your employer if you don't share your like salary information. Uh, that was like a big moment. Um, I went to this uh, mentorship program a few years ago and me and the designer like had a conversation about salary and they told me what I was making, like they were making and it was, I felt good about my salary, but they were making 18,000 or 20 K more than me in the same area. And that was the first moment where I was like, Whoa, I actually think I'm being underpaid. Like I should ask for more. And like I switched jobs and ended up getting that, which is crazy. Like if I had never met that person, like maybe I'd still be getting underpaid. Like, so crazy, super valuable. Hey, when did that happen? Uh, 2015. So that, mm. was a, that was a while ago, but. Mm. Mm? I don't remember a... that conversation. <laughs> we we have talked. Oh, we you're literally one of the um, few people in my life that I've talked to every day. <laughs> Wait, all right, I'll take that. That's why I'm like, how oh, do I not remember this? Oh no. I feel like you probably just forgot, but anyways. Um... Oh, and then I thought it was super funny. We were talking the other day and you were being hard on yourself and your company. You're like, we haven't won any awards. And I was like, oh, how many competitions have you entered? And you were like, zero. And I was just like, huh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know why. Why haven't you won awards and you've entered zero competitions? And then I sent you like eight competitions that you should enter that I think you'd be competitive in. Okay, to be fair, to give us some background, we have we have um, applied to competitions, but they're like the wrong competitions. Like, what do you mean? Like, I think, I don't know who at my company decided like these were the best ones because they've been applying to these awards like before I started working there. So I can't like be too mad about it. Like that's just what they're used to. But um the one award show that we do apply to is the Richmond ad show, but it's the Richmond ad show and we do web products. We do digital products. And uh, I don't think Richmond ad show has a thorough understanding of like digital work. So sometimes the work that you're up against is not a website. Sometimes it's something else. So it's like uh, a, a wider net of stuff that you're up against. And most of the time, it's also just purely ad stuff. So that's why I feel like <laughs> we do get awards. Don't get me wrong, but it's always we always get bronze. Uh, we never we've never gotten a gold before. Um, and we're always like, is it our work? And it's like, no, it's we're not applying to the right award show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's also worth mentioning, uh, we both are mainly focused on web design these days in terms of like interactive designer, like UX, UI. Yeah, Jamie, talk about like what you've been doing since we graduated. 
like every job or like what do you mean? No, like your general career path since leaving graphic design as your your bachelor's degree. I think it's pretty funny that the first job I got out of school was at a <laughs> art museum. Oh my gosh, you're right. Holy sh yeah. I forgot about that. That was actually a super fun job, aside from the fact that it didn't pay very well. Um, but it was good. And what's interesting is that my like web skills got me the job. They're like, oh, cool, you can update the website. Mm. But 99% of the job was print, which I really enjoyed at the time. I was doing like 20-foot banners out of school and like tickets and exhibitions and all kinds of stuff. That was super fun. But I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just think it's interesting how that was their criteria for hiring. And I think later in your career, you see this like hiring process is just chaos. Like it's shit, like I've been part of it. And it's like, I think it's its own episode. Moving on, uh, switch to a, like um, an agency where they did print and web. I got to do more web work. And then since then I've just focused in on web and only been doing that since. Dang, I can't believe <laughs> you were in an art gallery. That's so funny. It was super fun. Cause like at the end of, um, like when everything was printed and up, they'd have the exhibition opening and they'd have like a night with like champagne and stuff. It was, you could dress up, you could go, you could drink some champagne and look at art and look at your design work. And then it's like, you see all the people looking at your work, which is super cool. And web, you don't get that experience unless you do like testing and even that. Yeah, like, for sure. So it kind of feels like you're just such a disconnect from all the like users, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They're just a number. They're not like, I don't know. I wish I could like meet people and be like, even if they're like, I hate your website. I'm like, that's a name. Like, tell me more. <laughs> Art Galley, very cool. Way cooler job than any of the jobs I've had since I was school. <laughs> so I actually really wanted to try doing like, like print after school because the VCU program was so print oriented. And so I didn't want to do web because I thought I had exhausted web design like pre-college. That sounds really weird, but I was already into like web design like before going into college. Like I did it for fun. Um, like, and then my MySpace background. Yes, I was one of those. <laughs> and I've I, I completely, completely hacked it. <laughs> okay. Um, but. So I tried going in that direction, but like my first job wasn't even like a print job. It was at a brand strategy company and it was a hookup from, from one of the adjunct professors. Mina hooked me up with that job. Did you ever meet Mina? Yeah, I met her once. It was fun. We went to like an event together. I think we saw like, anyways, not together together. Yeah. Went to the event, she was there <laughs> and we sat near each other and chatted. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> Yeah, well, she she hooked me up with that job, and um, long story short, it was not a good fit. But also, my manager at the time told me because I, I kept giving her um, like web solutions to some of the design problems I was getting, and she told me like, Cecily, you know, you're never going to do web here, right? And I was like, oh, okay. And so that was a realization. I was like, okay, maybe I do really like web, um, and so I just kept doing web after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that's important. Um, like my first internship was also like a hookup from a t professor. Um, I went to this, uh, like a senior show or something like that. And mm -hmm. I was looking at the stuff and I was chatting with uh, like Christina. I forgot her last name, it's been a while. Anyways, she was our systems professor. 
Christina, uh, is that the, she was also the woman that taught the, the imaging class, right? Is she? I was telling her, I was like, oh yeah, I'm starting to look for internships now. And she was like, oh, Kim, you work at like whatever place, right? And she's like, yep. And she's like, you want me to intern? And she's like, yeah, we are thinking about it. She's like, take Jamie. And that was like the process. And then I like, I went and interviewed a few times, but that first hookup was amazing. And on, like, I got to work with two other designers. They were super great and uh, learned a ton of that experience. It was really positive. But that's why the youth should all, like network with their professors and like get on good terms with them and then see if there's any like opportunities out there, you know? Circling back, yeah, uh, print was like a huge focus at VCU. And I do miss it like a lot. It was. I mean, it's like really bad. Like uh, VCU was very much like foundation of like design, like principles and process. Yeah. I think we maybe probably designed too many posters. Like in my career, I designed like two posters. <laughs> True. Um, no, I, I agree with you. Uh, I do like how like uh, hardcore they are about design fundamentals. Yeah. Because it's so crazy how much that is not ingrained in a lot of designers you said or it professional designers not ingrained that it's not oh, for not sure. ingrained like basic basic like design foundation like if you just if you knew this one thing you could easily fix this design it'll look a hundred times better not just look a hundred times better it'll be a hundred times more usable um but yeah i think it's super interesting the way um i feel like General Assembly is obviously like a very dominant force in the field. Like they put out a ton of designers for, um, I'm just gonna leave it at that. And I feel like a lot of these designers only think about web design as design. Like they don't make the connect, like web design is just graphic design, you know? It's just, and I, was, I did a brown bag at work recently, sort of a graphic design history lesson with from the Meg's uh, book and then like yeah. kind of some type 101 sort of stuff. And it's like, if you study, print design it's going to make you a better web designer you know like all the principles that go into like a business card like it's going to help you design a better ui if you know how typography works and i don't know i feel like there's a disconnect there from like uh the ux people you know only thinking about web design it's like it's all design it's not different like no for sure like i mean like okay i remember the last half of or it was senior year and we had a class where we had to create a poster walking through the steps of taking the Bow Street elevator, like mm-hmm. step by step. Do you remember that? I didn't have that it was, I had a different one. I had like a vending machine one. Oh yeah, yeah. it was like, you had to break down a task, right? Sure. Step by step. And then you had to visualize it. And yeah. I remember a majority of our classmates were like, why are we doing this? What does this have to do with design? And in my head, I'm like, this is a user flow. <laughs> this is a user flow. Because I was in, I already knew like things about web and like user experience was not a term back then yet. But like I understood like where where this was leading up to. On the flip side of what you were saying, Jamie, like I don't think graphic designers realize that a lot of their skills are applicable to web or that. A oh, lot of the, the things that they know is actually the foundation to web design. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy. Also, VCU needs to do better about that. <laughs> they oh. need to do better about telling you like, hey, the reason we're doing this very strange and out there uh, project is because this is how it applies to the design industry. Mm-hmm. They never talked about that, which was unfortunate, but 
For sure. And then I think it's also interesting. Like, I think the industry hasn't moved a ton, but I think there are definitely less print jobs now than there were like when we graduated and before that. I don't, I don't know. I, I can't really say because like I'm not in that world. Like I feel like most print, hmm. most print jobs, quote unquote, are found in like branding agencies or marketing agencies that really focus on like brand experience. And I feel like they're the ones who are really utilizing print as a medium. I guess, I guess I'm thinking about our classmates that were like, I don't want to learn web design because it's like boring and it's like code and whatever. And I feel like not a ton, like, I feel like a number of those people didn't continue design really. They kind of dropped off. The ones that didn't like web design? Yeah, because I feel like there's just less print opportunity. And I don't know, if you look at like salary range, like there's way more of a salary in like UX design space. Mm-hmm. Like if you just go to like the government handbook, like if you look up graphic designer, I think it gives you like $40,000. And then if you look up UX designer, it's like 70, 80, like way more. Like, so yeah. There's like more opportunity. And I think when people are in school, they should be looking at like where the industry is going, which, yeah. Yeah, I mean, design is like applicable to lots of things. But, but I guess that's like one thing I I'm not like a hundred percent agreeing on with you. Yeah, I <laughs> you I'm thinking of. I was like, oh no, all right. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, well, because I'm like thinking of classmates who like went into packaging design. That's essentially print. Some people went into envi- uh, like expert experiential design from an environmental point of view so like signage and wayfinding like that's the thing um those are all like perfectly fine expressions of graphic design that's not web or ux ui i just think ux ui is just it's super saturated and everybody goes there because it's where the money is at but like there are other design opportunities they're just like harder to break into or like it's hard to find agencies that do that stuff really well for web design no for like anything that's not web or ux ui like there are very hyper specialized agencies that utilize like mostly print for example or like non-digital outputs and because it's so specific to certain agencies it's harder to get to them because it's so prestigious like for example like yeah, a ton of people would love to work at Pentagram, but who, who, how many people are actually good enough to work at Pentagram? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, oh, does that make sense? <laughs> I was following you until I just wasn't at all. I was like, <laughs> where did I lose you? I feel like you were coming around to agree with me. You're like, there's only a few places that do that well, and those places are kind of small, so there's not a ton of opportunity. Oh, yes, I do. Okay, so I do agree ah, with you that there yeah. are not a lot of job opportunities, but I guess the one or thing like I... More print or like those other things that you named, right? Yeah, it's like harder year. to get opportunities, but there is actually still a large range of design occupations that aren't just UI, UX, web, which yeah. are two separate two separate ideas. So I guess I was like going in two ways <laughs> in my head. Mm-hmm creative rut is definitely a thing and it's nice to like that we can like bounce ideas off each other just like inevitable like inevitably every job has like a certain type of product they produce and you're gonna be doing a lot of the same thing at every job you know yeah that's kind of tough 
especially like right now, I'm definitely getting bored with web design in terms of just like card design. Like, oh my God, like if I have to design another card or resource library, I'm just like, let's just use the last one. It's fine. Like, who cares? To be fair, your your uh, job, they handle lots of similar like websites, like clients who come from the same industry. Am I assuming that correctly? They do, but I think there's actually a decent amount of variety. Like um, two years ago, I worked on one that was like a YouTube-like experience where you could add resources, or I guess it's like Netflix. You could add resources, you could save them, you could do all that. That was kind of neat. I worked on an internet recently. So I mean, these are different types of problems, but like they all have card design to come. They all have like a resource library, you know? It's like, even though it's different types of sites, it's not like, I, I got to do an immersive scrolling site last year. That was kind of, that was like more fun. Mm-hmm. like solving new problems but yeah that's like inevitable i think mm. unless, so what, you, unless you're what, at like a place that does like experimental work which is also you with barbecue everybody wants to work there so it's like extremely competitive like a lot of these agencies are like 10 people and they work there for a few years so you need somebody to die or like quit in order to get a job there unless they're growing the team which isn't always the case you know right is there um are you do you, based on the last few like sites that you've designed, do you feel that you've had the opportunity to like try and do something different? Not really. I, don't, I mean, I guess so. I don't know. We have to circle back to this topic. I'm definitely bored right now, but that's why I'm doing this. I've been trying to like blog, like uh, blog, and then also speak more. And spoke at like a, my first conference this year. Wait, did you say wait? What scoot board? Blog and speak more. <laughs> Oh, scoot board. I was like, what's a scoot board? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a scoot board. Yeah. Scoot board yeah. all day. <laughs> uh, the blog, the speak at the conference, and then we're doing this project as well. So, yeah, in general, um, you know, just raise our, my own profile in design and like talk about it more and own design in a way that's like different than just being in the trenches, you know? I don't think I want to design like a million more cards to like try to do something different. Like, I don't know. Does that make sense? No, that does make sense. I mean, that's like an important part of being a creative is uh, finding the right creative balance. Like this is, this is like a, a current topic. I feel like amongst my team, we haven't actually talked about it together, but like I'm, I, I'm getting this like resounding, like feel from everybody that, they want an outlet for like this creativity that we can't express at work, but like the expectation is work should be providing this outlet, but like, that's so unrealistic. Yeah. Right. Work work leadership gets upset when they hear that sort of thing. Uh, (laughs) At our our company, um, they are kind of aware of this. And one way they're trying to combat it is like every week the design team shares like, oh, this is what we're doing different this week. This is like what worked out to try to share ideas to like keep work interesting. And I think it's nice, it's valuable. Um, but I, don't, I guess it like starts to bring up the question of like side projects of like staying excited about design. Well, why do you think it's not realistic for your day job to be providing you all the creative needs i think you have to work some like at a small design studio in order to get that or a place it depends on like what your company values so if you work at like every company has different values like some places are more Mm -hmm. development focused 
some are more UX focused. And then of course you have your design studios that are doing like amazing work and design is like the number one value. It's front and center and that's why their work looks so good. Yeah. If your company doesn't care about design the same way, you're not going to be able to, uh, you're not going to be able to ideate and like really push boundaries. Like I think that was something I learned early in my career is that project managers, your company prefers something like safe and on time or early than something like experimental boundary pushing late. I mean, I guess there are different ideas there, but in general to other people, the project managers, like often it's just like a job. They just want to move on with the process and design. Yeah. Like I hate myself because this project looks like garbage, even though the majority of these pro- like problems are outside my control. I just assume if there's a better designer on this project, it would have turned out better, you know? So that's like the struggle of like working with clients. Oh, that's like another huge like limitation. Um, like your aesthetic is very much determined by what the client's aesthetic is. You know, if you're working with a committee and they have more of a traditional approach to what they feel their brand should be. I mean, it is their project. They're paying for it at the end of the day. So it's not about us, it, but that's extremely limiting. That's like, you can't. And there's like different ways you can try to push that. I think one way that... Um, I feel like something we do that's like kind of interesting is like we'll have a scale of like traditional to cutting edge and then we'll put up a bunch of websites and we're like which of these do you like which one resonates to you like where do you want your website to be so then we're kind of forcing the client to be like oh we want to be more traditional like no one wants to say that so like we're trying to push them a little bit and that's like part of the struggle of being a professional designer as well in school like school is so exciting because every like all the projects are geared towards making you better when you're at a company or like a job like you're delivering a product it's like they're paying you to be there like you're trying to churn out stuff for the company it's not about your growth or development and that's why if you work on 20 of the same like site that's what you signed up for you know like it's not about innovating or like growing like no one cares if you do that i mean they care but like not the same way right what why do you think it's like hard to be creative like so i i mean i agree with you it depends on the company right uh and what they value but also like which it seems unintuitive to say like your job shouldn't be providing you this outlet because you spend like at least eight hours a day at this company so you would think you would need that but i think it's everybody has an individual creative need and to think that one source can like supply that to different types of creatives at one time, I feel like is just unrealistic. Right. Right. It's like, it's like, uh, what do you value most? You value mentorship. Okay. Well, there's not a lot of people at your company that can provide you mentorship. Go look for it. Like there are other resources outside of a job, right? They're like, Hey, they're like local um, like meetups and like organizations and there's like online communities, like there's a way to find those relationships. And it's just like, I don't know, we live in the 21st century. And to think that like your job can provide you all that is bonkers to me. Yeah, for sure. The mentorship thing I think is really good. Like I've been participating in AIGA DC's um, shine mentorship program. They pair you mm-hmm. up with the designer, you guys, like a chat like hank like meet up for like four months they work on a project it's great and the reason i like doing that is because being around other people that are excited about design kind of makes you excited about design you know like and 
ideally like you're both learning, oh for sure yeah you're both learning and growing from the experience and i think that's kind of what we talked about like in school it's like being around other designers who care and like are excited that, yeah. that's kind of infectious and it's like you have to maintain that as you like once you graduate and that's definitely tough and also like the problem with side projects is like you just like you have to do them after like an eight hour ten hour work day like you have to like make time for yourself and then do more design like i hate being on a computer you know so I'm, like i just need a break like and they're definitely like um hands-on design projects that you can do and i think those are definitely valuable I think that's like the biggest problem with web design is that like everything's on the computer. Like there's never like a break unless you're doing like client workshops or something along those lines. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, no, I, I agree with that. <laughs> like that, that's been the hardest. I mean, we've talked about this throughout the years, like why I can't actually get to like do anything like at, like a side project is because I'm oh, yeah. I'm tired. I'm so tired after work. I'm so mentally like burnt out um, that I want to just recharge before the next next week comes. So I mean, I get it. I get it. It's easier said than done to be like, go do the extra work to find the community that you want. But I do realize that that is very di- difficult for some people, <laughs> depending on where they are after work. I think I've had like on and off years for design. There's like years where I'm like, okay, I'm focusing on design this year and I'll take like a online course for like UX. I'll read like some design books. I'll start up a side project. I'll like go shoot film and like be very invested and engaged. Try to go to AI stuff. (laughs) I mean, it's not always all happening. It's like, like it's, I go for like, I'm all about momentum. So it'll be like a spurt or like AIGA events, all that stuff to try to stay engaged. And then there'll be years where I'm like, you know what? No side projects. Like I'm going to enjoy just being a human outside of design. And I think that helps, you know, you need time like on and off to like recharge. It's like, that's the hardest thing is finding your own balance once you graduate. I think that's like the biggest challenge. So recently you've been getting into chess. Why do you think there is a steady momentum for you in exploring chess compared to maybe some of the side projects in design that you've tried to create but never it never like got anywhere Uh, is is it fair to compare those they're i feel like a little different i i would the closest thing i could compare to would be drawing so like two years ago i took like a digital illustration class with the um torpedo factory and, and I'm, overall, it was super good. And I got super duper into it. And I was drawing every single day. And like uh, the instructor had us like go to the local zoo, the National Zoo in DC. And we were like told to draw animals or people. So I was trying to sketch people as they were walking by. And it was super fun and engaging. And then I started drawing people from real life. There's like a good four month stretch or so where I was just drawing nonstop. So I think it's all about momentum because for me personally, it's like once you start right. to them and you can see, like the more effort you put in, the better you get, the more, the better you get and over a short period of time, you kind of get excited and like you want to do it more. So mm-hmm. that with chess is definitely true. Queen's Gambit started, started it all. I was watching just the show and I was like, I need to learn chess. And the secret is that there's so many resources online to like learn from that I'm just getting rapidly better and I'm just still more engaged, you know? So it's, I guess, learning a lot over a short period of time and having more resources. Like, I know where to go for resources. There aren't any questions. Like, that helps maintain that momentum. Mm-hmm. Momentum in your head is consistency? 
consistency um i suppose like consistency over like a period of time and like the desire to want to do it like i think i played 10 or 12 chess games yesterday jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> how many of those did you win? yeah i won like nine like i was wow okay the reason nice. I, was, I was getting closer and closer to 1200 and i was like if i play one more game i'll win and then i like lost one and then i won the next one and i got it but that's kind of like how the day went i was just like or if like i went too quickly i'm like well that barely counted let's play again She's like i want a challenge like <laughs> wow i'm very impressed oh all right thank you okay. Well, I mean, like the fact that you played 12 games yesterday, but then you also like won nine out of 12 of them. That's like, man, if only I could spend 12 hours on a side project and nine out of those 12 hours, I felt happy with the work that I did. <laughs> so yeah, side projects, side projects are tough because uh, to, to, they have to be fun at the end of the day, you know, like, and everything kind of sucks until it doesn't. So you start and it looks like nothing and then you put in more effort uh, i think um austin cleon has a pretty good uh graphic for it it's like they're all about austin cleon man <laughs> he's so good like i definitely recommend his books he's like a very approachable like a friendly approach to creativity and it's also practical it's just like making time to do it as opposed to all this nonsense about inspiration but his graph is like when you're working on a project it's just like down like the dark pit of despair and then like it slowly gets better and then you stop working on it <laughs> Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> What's your experience with those side projects? Um, let's see. I'm usually more receptive or like not receptive, but they usually actually pan out when it's somebody else's side project. Hmm. So I'm realizing that planning my own side projects never actually come to fruition. <laughs> mm. um, I think that's just like personal like struggles of trying to like keep momentum as you were describing um and then of those like uh friend uh driven projects i mean i've had fun they're usually really short so i've never actually had to deal with managing momentum on a long-term project side projects are tough because like you have to figure out what to do with the side project you're like okay i made this thing does it just live in this like hole and you're like well no i should share it so then you put it on dribble or instagram and it gets like seven likes and you're like huh <laughs> that stings a little bit but it's like it it it's more than that it's not the quality of the work it's like the algorithm i mean it's tied but you need to be putting out content regularly to start to get noticed by these like platforms you know i mean is is the goal of uh posting work like that to get those types of reactions or is it purely to put your work somewhere so that it is kind of like a confirmation that you've done it and it's somewhere to be seen? I think it's like all those things, you know, it's about, I think doing the work is the most important part. That's like where you actually get the most like enjoyment out of it. I definitely thought drawing mm -hmm. projects when I've been doing that. Um, I think sharing the work, it's nice to get reactions from other people and not necessarily just praise, but like connecting with different people. Um, I remember when I was going through my film phase, uh, that's like another side project. I had uh, posted on an Instagram and that bearded guy from the future, I forgot what his name is, but he was like, I just watched him on the future's like YouTube channel. 
he had liked one of my photos and I was like, I just watched a video with him in it like a few days ago. Like it's like that connecting with people through your, through your side project, I think is valuable. Mm. You know? Yeah. It's because I, I think about um, all of the different creative things that I consume. And whenever you like listen to the person that started that endeavor, they're always, okay. I, Okay, to be honest, this is usually like YouTubers. I, I was like early adopter YouTuber. I'm saying it. I'm an early adopter to YouTuber. I remember being on there from like 05, 06 before it was a thing. And a lot of the people who are like famous and have millions of subscribers, they weren't trying to get that type of feedback. They were just posting it because they needed a place to put it for their friends to see it. And then it just happened to blow up or like people who would do like self-driven projects just needed to put it somewhere. They didn't necessarily want to build a following. It just was there to be affirmation to themselves. So that's what, that's, that's why I like, I'm all into the whole like no pressure type of thing. Cause like maybe that's the secret. That's the secret sauce. Jamie is like, let's not worry about it. Just do it. And then it'll just come. Cause that's, that's how it normally works. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know. <laughs> That's a very Zen approach to it. And I like it. I already feel better about that. I feel like we need to close with that line. I think it circles back to like goals to the podcast, like in general, like, so it's about like raising profile, owning a side project. And then also like learning about design. I think every time we chat, like in general, we're doing this already on Gchat with like going back and forth, but I think having this like deep dive of uh, design ideas and inspiration, I think it's nice. And just like, the goal is to stay more engaged with design, you know? Yeah. Oh, like, for sure. Like whenever truly on a project, I'm always trying to capture that feeling of like design school when you're working on a project and you're so excited by it and it just looks amazing. And you're like, holy shit, this is the best thing I've ever made. And that feeling gets harder and harder to attain through your career, you know? Because you push the bar higher and higher. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Like, I also think in terms of goals, like for this, is that we there. It's not just between us two, but like you, you experience it with other designers. Is like having those like really nerdy moments, and you're just kind of geeking out about a specific topic. Um, and I feel like that is what helps drive the the momentum for like these side projects is to actually indulge in that kind of stuff. Yeah, I like this one thing, Martin Benet- uh, Martin Benetsky, he visited at VCU when we were there in the ego talk. And I really liked it. He was like, in a project at the beginning of it, you should just try to make stuff without a goal in mind. Yeah. And what you end up with is way more interesting than if you're like, I want to create a certain type of poster. He's just experimenting with paper, doing all this stuff. That's why his work is so interesting. And yeah. He's able to do that for a commercial level too, which I think is cool. Cause like that overlap is kind of tough. Like in art school, some of it's like kind of self-indulgent. <laughs> it's so self-indulgent. Yeah. Art school is a hundred percent self-indulgent. <laughs> Designs like art or like music. You just have to make a lot of shit and see what people like, what resonates with people. I think that's like the most important thing, you know, not taking it too seriously. Like you should incorporate feedback, but just focus on growing and focus on making a ton of stuff at the end of the day, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. That That's that's the hardest thing to communicate to a younger designer. 
so I feel like that's part of like the momentum. Like you can't just do like one side project if you're really trying to push your skill set. You have to do like a ton. Yeah. And that's where like the pain comes in. Um, one way I tried to tackle the the side project deal, I've done Fiverr. So like, so then I actually get like a client. So I did that for music posters because then like you get a deadline. It's like, okay, well I have to do this by Thursday. And I was only, I charged actual $5 because I didn't care about the money. It was just to force myself to work on a project. Mm-hmm. And it actually worked. Like I created this one like poster that I still like. It's in my portfolio. And it got me excited about design again because like you actually get to experiment with typography in a way that you don't get to on client projects. It's mm-hmm. just like making a lot of stuff and seeing what's interesting and then keeping that and going from there and trying to surprise yourself. Yeah. I will say the drawback at the end of the day, I kind of felt taken advantage of because like that's way underpriced, you know, like five dollars. That's that's insane. Oh. Like, I don't, yeah. Think they, yeah, I don't think they even appreciated what they got. Cause I'm like, like I went to design school. I worked for like six, I'm a working professional for six years. Like I'm doing work for like national clients and I'm doing your little website. I mean, your poster for like nothing. Yeah. I don't know. So mixed. Uh, I mean, Fiverr is meant for like very specific creatives. So yeah. Like, I don't know. Oh. I would say it, it, it has its place. Fiverr has its place. Like, you know what I mean? And it helps, it helps people who need to create a lot of work if they don't know how to get that work. Right. Sure. Yeah. 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 It makes it more accessible. And then at some point they graduate from Fiverr and they don't need it anymore. So yeah, that makes okay. sense. Do they take like 20% or I don't know if it's 20%, they take like more than I like thought. So it was so funny. I was charging $5 and only making like four. <laughs> Dude, that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. But in general, that was one way I found to make side projects successful. So I don't know. We'll probably have a podcast on side projects alone. But yeah, the importance of trying to grow as a designer and connecting with people from your uh, class is another way to stay excited about design. And that's why we're doing it. So I don't know.